Thank you for joining us and welcome back Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias. With me today and every podcasting day is someone who is finally <laughs> in the win column after finally, a spectacular finally. week five. It's Kyla. Hey, welcome. No Thursday night football this week, so we're recording a day later than normal. We've got tons to get to. We'll recap week five, talk about some injuries heading into week six, and we have some good and bad matchups this week that I think are pretty intriguing. But we will start with Kyla, and she will disclose how her fantasy football triumph finally went down. You've got the floor. Holy shit, man. I finally, finally got a win in week five. Things got so much better for me this week. <laughs> My team was not a complete embarrassment for a change, which was very nice. I'm going to start with, let's see, I left a lot of points on the bench too this week. So my team did well, but then I left a lot of points on the bench, which is unfortunate. Luckily, I still got the win, but I'll just start with those. Overall, I had my best week on my bench. I had Miles Gaskin, who, if you remember from last week, I said was somebody you should sit. Well, I followed my own advice. I sat him. He finished with 20 points and so did Chase Edmonds. Both were on my bench. I also had A.J. Brown, who made his return this week. I chose not to start him because I did. I was scared that that game would not happen on Tuesday with the way things had been going for the Titans. He finished with 21.2 points with seven catches for 82 yards and a touchdown, which was amazing, very encouraging for yeah. the future of my team. The only other people on my bench, Joshua Kelly, had only 4.8 points, which is disappointing because we all expected much more from Joshua Kelly with Austin Eckler out. Cam Akers had 6.1, which is about what I expected for his first game back after an injury. Joshua Kelly has since been released. He is no longer part of Finkel as Einhorn. I, I saw that. <laughs> I had to make some room on my team. I do not have, I, I don't have any room to spare, and he was the least like he was the most disappointing this week so i let him For go sure yeah so moving on now to my starting lineup <laughs> <laughs> you could tell my my attitude my energy is a little different this week you know with my recap it makes a big difference <laughs> when you win <laughs> to say the least you are brimming <laughs> with confidence <laughs> Um, so all my got my starters played in the early game. So I knew on Sunday at two o'clock or whatever, what my final score was going to be. I decided to go with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. I went back and forth with this. I haven't talked to, to you about this beforehand between Bridgewater and Justin Herbert. I just had a bad feeling about Bridgewater, but then finally I was like, well, he's going to be fine. So he, I, I went with Bridgewater. And he finished with 22.82 points, which was great, as what we expected. You said to start Teddy Bridgewater last week, so that's what I did. All of my starters, except for Hayden Hurst, got double-digit points, so that was that's a definite improvement. For sure. Hayden Hurst only finished with 2.8 points, which really sucked, and I am kind of... I don't really know what to do with him at this point. I tried to pick Mike Gesicki back up, this week but Alina picked him up so I didn't get him um so I'm 
I feel like I'm kind of stuck with him. I think I'm going to have to get somebody else for this week, though, and let him go, too. Do you want Dalton Schultz? I mean, I would take him, but I don't know who you want to try to take from me. (laughs) I'll take a gander at the old lineup there and see if I can poach somebody from you. I mean, I got lots of great options, so I because I literally have nobody I can just drop. If I could trade somebody, that would be great. But most of the people in our league are interested in doing trades, and I just can't drop drop these people because they're too valuable. Right. Let's see, where was I before you so rudely interrupted me? Hey, I was just trying to get a trade going. You know. <laughs> You were uh, you were talking about your starting lineup and how Hayden Hurst is pretty much disappointing you right right now. He is, and it's it's a hard situation because he's getting targets. It's just that Matt Ryan has looked so bad without Julio Jones, and the Falcons just can't do much. So I don't know that there's anybody else out there that's getting the targets. I did pick up Dallas Goddard and store him on my IR for later in the season, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And I picked up Jared Cook, but he does not have a game this week, so I got to get somebody else for this week. Let's back, get back on track here. So my receivers, I haven't even, I've only talked about the quarterback and the tight end. I got lots more to talk about here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my receivers, I started Allen Robinson, of course, and Hollywood Brown. I went with Hollywood because Galladay had a bye, and as I already said, I was afraid to start AJ Brown. So they both finished with 19 points, roughly. Todd Gurley was my highest scorer of week five, which is amazing. Um, he finished with 27 points against Carolina. He had 121 yards and a touchdown on the ground to go along with four receptions for 29 yards. So very pleased, very happy to see Gurley getting involved in the passing game. So I'm feeling pretty good about Todd Gurley so far. He had a slow start, but he's been pretty good. The la- I mean, of course, the matchups have been very easy the last couple of weeks for him. But Sure. Well, and it seems like the Panthers run defense. We have, you know, talked about backs that are going against them now maybe two or three different times, and mm-hmm. they've kind of disappointed. And then Gurley finally mm-hmm. gets to play uh, the uh, Panthers, and he does great. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to predict. <laughs> It definitely is, especially this season. Um, in my flex, I ended up going with Kenyon Drake, which I also went back and forth on a lot. I thought if if I put him on my bench, of course he's just going to go off. So I just I continued to start him there, playing the Jets. He did not go off. Luckily, he got a touchdown, saved his fantasy day. He got thirteen point two points. Again, I have Chase Edmonds on my bench as well, who got twenty points. So. That is another situation that I'm not quite sure what to do with. Do you want Kenyon Drake for Dalton Schultz? <laughs> I would take Chase Edmonds. <laughs> um, I I might just put them both on my bench and wait and see how that plays out if I uh, if I can afford to. But how do you bench? Like Kenyon Drake got 18 carries, I think, and then or he got 19 total touches, and Chase Edmonds only got eight, I think. So how do you bench the guy? who's getting all the carries for the guy who is yeah. getting less, but is more productive. Like you, you, know, you can't. And that's what the whole thing is. It's all about production. Yeah. Chase Edmonds seems to be doing a lot with what he's given. So people are clamoring to see him get the ball more because why mm-hmm. wouldn't you? 
Right. And and Drake just doesn't seem to be finding the holes, but we'll see. Maybe it's all about, you know, if they switched roles, maybe it would be the same outcome. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you never know. Okay. Let's see. Who else do I got? Let oh, Clyde Edwards Elair. He was disappointing. He did finish with 11 points. But it should have been much more in a matchup against the Raiders, who were giving up the most points to running backs um, coming into Week Five. So, I mean, in fairness to him, he did get he did have a touchdown that was called back. I don't know if you watched the game or not, but yeah, he caught a touchdown pass. It was called back on a penalty against Kansas City, and then I don't know who got the touchdown after that, but it wasn't him. Which was it's all it always sucks when you see your guy get a touchdown and then he gets called back because you know they're not going to go to that again. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. The only thing missing for Clyde is he's not getting in the end zone. Otherwise, he's great. He got the least amount of touches in that game that he's gotten so far this season. I don't know what Kansas City was doing because it seemed like they did the same sort of thing that Baltimore did the week before when they played Kansas City. It's like Kansas City was running the ball fine, but for some reason, they got away from it. Yeah, they just stopped doing it. Yeah. And then they ended up losing the game. So hopefully they've learned a valuable lesson and <laughs> will run the ball more in weeks to come. So all my people are done. 11 points for my kicker, who is Carolina's kicker, Sly. I don't remember. Is it Joey Sly? Old Joey, yeah. <laughs> and then Arizona's defense got seven points against the Jets. I went into Monday and Tuesday. This is where it gets exciting. If you're bored listening to this this is where it gets exciting <laughs> i went in a Monday there was a lot of drama <laughs> i was up 24 points going into monday night but my opponent who was alina the wet willies who is if you remember we talked about her scoring 180 points the week prior um she's got a strong team yeah she had keenan allen left to play and devin singletary so i needed between the two of them less than 24 points Keenan Allen left Monday night's game after catching two passes for 29 yards and a touchdown, and he had 10.9 points. He did not return to that game. Luckily, it does not seem like his back injury is significant. We'll talk about that in a bit, but after that, I went into Tuesday. I was still up 13.7 points, which means I needed Singletary, obviously, to get 13.6 or less. He was projected to get 13.7 points. He got 4.3, and I won my first game of the season. Finally in the win column, I won 133.62 to 124.22. So a close one down to the wire, but I, I finally got lucky. Something good finally happened. I'm still in last place, but I have a lot more hope than I did Nobody in our league has more than three wins, so I'm only two wins behind first place. I need more Absolutely. points, but yeah. I'm only two Plenty wins. Time. So, so going into Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> so, so going into Tuesday, you were actually projected to tie. Pretty close, yeah. I mean, it was one thirty-three wow. point something. Sure. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> I am. Uh, my team was, it's doing okay, but I lost. <laughs> I was defeated. Yeah. Your Whoa, team was very I... disappointing this week. Well, I also had Derrick Henry on the bench. so That's true. That's true. That's, I, I would have won. 
I was defeated 107.24 to 99.7. I feel snake bit at this point, as I'm sure <laughs> you do as well, at least maybe before this week. I started Deontay Johnson in my flex with Tampa's Chris Godwin out with an injury, and I had Derrick Henry on the bench because, as we talked about, it was very unclear if Tennessee and Buffalo would actually play their game. Mm-hmm. Johnson left the game with an injury, which is the second time he's gotten me less than a point in my starting yeah. lineup. Oh. It also happened in week three. I just fully cannot trust him anymore because right. he apparently can't make it through a game. Yeah. Uh, it's it sunk me again. Um, Derek Henry was great on Tuesday Night Football with 19.3 points. He had 57 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. As for my other RBs, I started Chris Carson. He had 19.9 points. He finished with 52 yards and a touchdown and added six catches for 27 yards. In Henry's place, I started Antonio Gibson, who had just 10.1 points. He rushed for 27 yards and added five catches for 24 yards. Um, it didn't. He didn't do too well once Alex Smith came into the game. They seem to switch out their RBs. I believe J.D. McKissick really took over that role out of the backfield. So I believe Kyle Allen will be starting again this week for Washington, yeah. which bodes well for me considering Chris Carson and Justin Jackson are both going to be on a bye. So I, I picked up Jackson. He was on my bench. He had 14.4 points, 71 yards rushing, and five catches. So I'm glad I picked him up. He seemed to be the lead back for uh, the Chargers a little bit more than Josh Kelly. Hopefully that keeps up. Then elsewhere, Lamar Jackson, a disappointing 13.5 points. Yeah, He basically did not run the ball at all. Uh, threw for 180 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. One of those TDs went to my tight end, Mark Andrews, who finished with six catches, 56 yards, and a touchdown for 17.6 points. Uh, my starting receivers were Calvin Ridley, who snagged 23.6 points, and Tyler Boyd with just 8.2. Uh, I think the Bengals, they pretty much struggled in general against Baltimore, so I don't think that's really a, a trend for Boyd. I think he just had yeah. a down game. And you were talking about Clyde. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs disappointed me a little bit as well. I picked up the Chiefs' defense, which got me negative one. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize I that. was actually going to play the Broncos defense against the Patriots with Cam Newton still out, presumably, mm -hmm. this past week, but then that game got moved back. So I played the Chiefs. Last season against the Raiders, they won 20-10 to 10 and 40-9. to 9. And in those two games, Derek Carr threw a combined four picks. Wow. So it was a good play, with yeah. especially the way the Chiefs defense had been playing up to that point. But as all of you out there know, the Raiders scored 40 points and uh, didn't go my way. Yeah. So Definitely the upset of the week that game was for sure. In the end, I'm now two and three. I, yeah. I believe I'm in eighth. <laughs> but it doesn't help when you start Deontay Johnson twice and he gets 0.8 points or whatever he got. Yeah. So I'm moving on. I'm feeling very, <laughs> very salty about how this past week went. I'm very disappointed in, in how that turned out. Also, I lost to my wife. That's who I was playing. Which, yeah. you know, she uh, when she wins, she talks a little smack. She Oh, yeah, she does. And she, she's 
Turns I out she's say, a bit of a talker when her, when her team's good. Who knew? She texted me before the game and asked me. She gave me a couple options, asked me who she should play in her flex. And I didn't answer. I didn't give her any help because I didn't want to get in the middle of it. But she was like, I really want to beat Elias and I, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> but you would have beaten her had you played Derrick Henry, which is something else that we need to decide this week. If you're out there and you're listening, let us know what your league is doing. Are you allowing, is your commissioner allowing you to have alternates or are they just kind of like, well, this is part of the season and that because this really sucks, but we really don't know what to do. Maybe we should take a vote among our league of what, what we should do. What do you think? Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. And, you know, in some situations we can't really... We can't really say, oh, you know, I'd, I prefer to have this guy in because this guy had a bad game or anything. It would, it would obviously have to be decided before all the games are played. But right. at the same time, Derrick Henry is a is a guy who I would never take out of my lineup under any circumstances. Right. No, of and, course not. You know, my team didn't play that well, obviously, overall, because the nine extra points I would have had from Henry being in there i would have won but i still would have yeah. only scored like 108 something so but still 108 you would have won. So right and I'd, and I'd be three and two but still 108 points it's not like i'm hitting the cover off the ball or anything this past right. week so but i that's, that's where we are yeah i would be I totally missed... okay with the vote yeah i would have played aj brown and ryan Tannehill this week had i known for sure that that game was going to play and ryan Tannehill finished with 30 points and now I don't have him either because I tried to pick him back up and somebody else picked him up too. Um, so I didn't get either of the waivers that I tried to pick up. No but, more Tana thrill. Oh, no. man. Maybe I think maybe Jackson picked him up. Maybe he'll drop him again at some point and I can get him back. But <laughs> I moved my waiver position up to four since I didn't get either of the waivers that I wanted. So that's good, I guess. <laughs> um. All right. Now we're done with the recap. We will move on to our winners and losers of the week. Do you want to go first or should I? Uh, I can go first. That's fine. Uh, my winner of the week is Alex Smith, the quarterback for Washington. Yeah. The fact that he was on the field to begin with is the real victory here. Smith is Amazing. finally able to play after nearly two years of hospitalizations, therapies, surgeries, and eventually a recovery from a leg injury in November of 2018. Washington got completely shellacked and mm -hmm. honestly so did Smith yeah uh, he went nine for 17 for 37 yards he got sacked six times including I don't know if you saw the highlights but Aaron Donald jumped on his back oh gosh and actually sort of got a piggyback ride from Alex Smith wow. so if anything proves that his leg is healthy it is Aaron Donald jumping on your back and you being completely okay <laughs> yeah that really is truly an amazing story. I had no idea. And I remember back in 2018 when Alex Smith got injured and watching that video and how horrible that was to watch and how his leg just flopped. Yeah. And one of the I more disgusting no injuries that I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. I had no idea, though, that he struggled so much. He almost died. Like he was septic. They had to cut out. I watched. Did you watch the documentary that ESPN did on him? No, I, d I wasn't really interested in seeing all of the gruesome footage, to there be totally lot, honest. Yeah, there's a lot of graphic images in that. So if you don't like that sort of stuff, I wouldn't watch it. But 
He basically had flesh-eating bacteria after his surgery. It got so infected. And they, they didn't know if it was from, like, if grass or dirt or something got in there since it was a compound fracture. You know, the bone was out of the skin. Yeah. And he had to have 17 surgeries. He almost lost his leg. Like, they gave him the option to just cut off the leg or to try and save it. So they had to cut out so much tissue that they basically cut out the entire, from what it looked like, anterior tibialis muscle, which is the muscle on the front of your lower leg that lifts your foot up when you lift your foot up. And they basically cut that whole thing out and replaced it with part of his calf and then part of his quad from the other leg. So he can't, I think he's probably wearing a brace on his right foot because he can't lift his foot on his own. But it's, he had a, an external fixator on there. So he had like rods and stuff coming out of it for months, at least like six months after that. I had no idea that he went through all of that after that injury. It was crazy. Yeah, he went through a ton. And the fact that he's on the field at all is a win like yeah. you were saying all the tissue they had to cut and all of that stuff i don't even understand how he can run or if yeah. he can he's i would assume he's not as mobile as he used to be because he used to be very mobile yeah but uh his family was up in the crowd he finally got back in the game it was really cool yeah definitely definitely a good story my winner of the week is chase claypool is probably not a surprise to anybody Claypool had a monster week. It was only 16% rostered in Yahoo leagues, naturally. Yeah. Uh, he was the top scorer in our league this week, unless somebody on, I don't know when I made these notes, unless somebody on Tuesday outscored him. I don't think they did, but nope. he had 44.6 points, seven receptions on 11 targets for 110 yards and three touchdowns. Not only that, he got three carries and had a rushing touchdown. So four total touchdowns for the rookie, one in every quarter. He is a definite waiver wire pickup this week. We posted that on our Instagram um, a couple of days ago. But I want to see more evidence before just starting him because if Deontay Johnson plays, he's obviously not going to have that sort of game every week. But if Deontay Johnson misses time, he's probably going to be startable. So, yeah, he definitely is winner of the week for me. He had four touchdowns in one game. I wish he was on my team and playing that week, but I never would have started him. Right. <laughs> so my loser of the week is Zach Ertz, but I have a couple of bonus losers <laughs> since we were just talking about Deontay Johnson. The bonus uh, to be a well, loser. I, I guess a bonus <laughs> loser would be me. But uh, <laughs> a bonus loser could be Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. Claypool, yeah. at least to me, seems... Physically, I don't know if he's the most fast or anything like that, but physically, he's the most built. He seems to be very, very gifted in that area. Maybe Deontay Johnson with the smaller frame is shiftier. Uh, he, maybe he's the speedier guy. But just athletically, it seems like Claypool is the best option they have. Yeah. And if the number one corner, like in that game, if Darius Slay is going to just be on Juju, I would just unleash Claypool. Like, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> so to me, with how good he is, Deontay Johnson just took a step down in my book, and Smith-Schuster took a step down as well. Yeah. So if you have either one of those guys on your rosters, 
we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But, you know, I start Deontay Johnson dreaming of a game like what Claypool just had, and then he leaves the game and, and Claypool does that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe if Johnson had not gotten hurt again, maybe he gets some of those points. Maybe he yeah. scores a couple of those touchdowns. But I guess it's impossible for us to know. So my real loser of the week, Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. Woof. <laughs> yeah. Just 1.6 fantasy points this past Sunday caught one of six targets. To make matters worse, he totaled five catches for 15 yards over the past two games to total 8.5 fantasy points. There's a two-point conversion in that mix somewhere. Uh, People thought with Dallas Goddard out that Ertz would have more appeal, but he hasn't led the team in targets so far in any game this season. I'm not sure if it's the Philadelphia game plan, if it's because of injuries on offense, if Carson Wentz doesn't have enough time to throw with the offensive line in shambles like it is. I don't know. But Ertz is definitely not someone at this point that you can start and feel comfortable about it. Yeah, I agree with that, which is exactly why I have stored Dallas Goddard on my IR. So hopefully when he comes back, you know, he'll take that that role that Zach Ertz used <laughs> right. to have. <laughs> That's my hope. But definitely a disappointment all season for sure from Zach Ertz. Yeah. My loser of the week, this hurts me to say, is Amari Cooper. He finished Dallas's week five game with only two catches for 23 yards on four targets. This was by far his fewest amount of targets in any game this year. He also played a reduced percentage of snaps in this one compared to the four previous weeks. I'm not sure what the reason behind that is. Um, They did have the one drive where they had um, Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown in there for a lot of the drive, and that was when Cedric Wilson threw the touchdown pass to Dak Prescott, so I don't know if that just cut into his snaps or what, but if you'll remember, we discussed Cooper being a bust for the season before the season started, and I didn't think he was necessarily going to be a bust, but we did agree that he could have weeks like this, and now moving forward with Dak Prescott out, which we will talk about when we get to our injuries, these weeks may come more often than they would have with Dak Prescott in the lineup. So Amari Cooper definitely lost this week and he has lost for the season by losing Dak Prescott. I mean, it could be worse than Andy Dalton. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not thrilled about having Andy Dalton as a starter for the Cowboys, but we could have Phillip rivers. So it could be worse. (laughs) In terms of backup quarterbacks, Andy Dalton is about as good as it gets i mean yeah. you could have the guys that the broncos have been trotting out there if you <laughs> want to compare apples and oranges yeah and when romo went down whoever yeah when romo went down that one year we only won four games it was mark sanchez who was our backup quarterback so well uh andy dalton is not the worst and he's working with you know amari cooper michael gallup cd lamb some great wide receivers dalton schultz great tight end so We'll see how it goes, but this week was definitely a sad week in Dallas, and Amari Cooper was definitely a loser of the week for me. Well, and this is probably where Michael Gallup takes over, and I've dropped him in all of my leagues, and now he's the he, number one guy. You know, who knows? He might, because Andy Dalton did seem to uh, connect with him multiple he times did. on long passes, so we'll see yeah. how that plays out. 
we've been talking about just how crazy fantasy has been. Before we get to our injuries, I did want to go through just some of the top scorers of this past week. Mm-hmm. At quarterback, the, the top scorer was Patrick Mahomes with 31.7. Not surprising, right? The next quarterback <laughs> was Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. With That's 30. not surprising to me. <laughs> the third, Ryan Fitzpatrick. 29.6. So wow. Fitzpatrick and Tannehill were in the top three of fantasy this past week. Wow. At RB, Mike Davis, 29.9, which you can see is really surprising, but also it could just be the Christian McCaffrey role that he has in right. that offense. And he's, you know, pretty much, I'm not an Italian, a talent evaluator. I don't know how to, you know, to really tell you if he's as good as Christian McCaffrey, but he's mm-hmm. playing the role pretty well. Yeah, for sure. Number two was Todd Gurley at 27 points, and number three was Miles Sanders at 23.9. And if you recall, Sanders was one of my bad matchups (laughs) because he was playing against a really tough Steelers defense. So tight end was also not very surprising. Travis Kelsey, Johnny Smith, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller. Receivers where it got really weird. Your top four receivers for this past week just if you're out there and you're feeling frustrated by fantasy, just so you know, <laughs> nobody knows. Really, nobody knows. N- yeah. Number one, Chase Claypool, 44.6. Number two, Travis Fulgham. Yeah. I believe it's Who? Fulgham. <laughs> For the Eagles, 23.2. Brandon Cooks, 32.1, who he had wow. done absolutely nothing all season. Yeah. And then the Chargers, Mike Williams with 29.9. He had an awesome game on Monday Night Football. So there you go. Claypool, Fulgham, Cooks, and Williams. Those are your top guys. (laughs) Yeah. So take comfort in knowing that we spend multiple days, or at least I do, spend multiple days a week researching this shit and trying to make the best educated decisions. And we still don't fucking know what is going to happen from week to week. (laughs) Um, you know, and hopefully this upcoming week, the high scores are Lamar Jackson and <laughs> Derek Henry and everybody who's on my team, hopefully, <laughs> but it hasn't really worked out that way so far. Well, you're due for that. So hopefully it does. You're damn right. I'm due. It's week six. <laughs> um, also, before we get into the injuries really quick, I want I have a couple of things that I wanted to mention. For people to keep an eye on the Falcons apparently have some COVID positive people. They shut down their facilities today. They had one test positive on Tuesday. And today, I think the official word is one. But I saw some speculation that there were four positives. So I don't know if those are just not confirmed positives or what the case is. But they did shut down the facility. So that is definitely something to monitor moving forward. They play they play this week. The Vikings. Uh, the Falcons play the Vikings. Yeah, so keep yeah, an eye the... on your on your Falcons and and your Vikings. You've got Ridley. <laughs> that I do. Yeah, the the story was a little confusing. Uh, it's like they had four positives, but they hadn't confirmed all of them. Only one confirmed positive out of the four. Something to that yeah. effect. But yeah, something to monitor. Hopefully that game isn't played on Tuesday because then I have to decide whether I'm starting Calvin Ridley or not. <laughs> I was going to say, so, you're definitely voting for uh, having an alternate option, I can tell. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to mention was Melvin Gordon. 
Got a DUI this week, apparently, and um, they may or may not suspend him. I think Vic Fangio said that he didn't know what they were going to do yet, but there would be consequences. Oh, you know, just the Broncos out there making us proud here, <laughs> here in the Denver area. Um, last season, Kareem Jackson had a DUI, and I believe he was suspended for a few games. Yeah. I would suspect if it doesn't happen this week, I would think that it will happen to Gordon as well. Mm-hmm. So if he is on your team, I would start planning for that. I don't know how many games he'll miss, but I want to say Kareem Jackson missed two or three. I want to say what I saw said he could be suspended up to three games. Yeah. Possibly. That's just so crazy to me because one, it is so easy to not drive under the influence these days. You can get an Uber. You can, you know, there's so many ways that you don't have to drive. And Melvin Gordon has so much money. So why would you get behind the wheel if you were under the influence? Of course, we don't know the details, but still, like, why risk that? Why take that chance? You're exactly right. And as we were just talking about, he had a teammate that it happened to him. Uh, I want to say that they may have even been close to the same areas in Denver. Wow. Doing the same thing. Where was he? Um, You know what? I would have to look it up again. When I, when I read the story, I thought, oh, that sounds familiar. But now (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm blanking a little bit, but. That's okay. It doesn't matter. You know, with all of the the COVID scares right now. Maybe he thought, I don't want to risk an Uber or anything, but I believe in all these NFL cities, don't they have services that you can call? I, I don't know. The, when that player for the Cowboys a while back got his DUI, I want to say that the NFL instituted a policy where there is some sort of a service that they can call. Yeah. Well, if that's um, the case, then it's even crazier. You know, maybe I'm making that up, but I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that I am. I I think that he had some options, but uh, that would be a weird thing to make up. I don't think you made that up. <laughs> but Philip Lindsay, well, and maybe it was just something the NFL was discussing. Like I don't yeah, exactly maybe. remember. Is it Josh Brent who was on the Cowboys? Who I don't even know. Was it vehicular manslaughter? Didn't he have something like really bad happen? This I don't was know. Maybe maybe five years ago. I would have to look that up again. But. uh I think there is some sort of a service, but anywho, Melvin Gordon, <laughs> un- unfortunate for him, and Philip Lindsay is going to be your lead back in Denver for a few weeks. Yeah, at, at some point. Yeah. So, anything else before we move on to the injuries that you want to bring I up? I think we're ready. Okay, I'll start us off with the yeah. worst injury that has happened. I mean, there have been a lot of bad injuries, but to me, Dak Prescott's injury was the most devastating injury that has happened this season. He suffered a compound fracture dislocation to his right ankle. Compound fracture, if you don't know, means that the bone did come through the skin, which you could tell, like, watch. I mean, he knew immediately that he was hurt bad. I even think it looked like to me that he, like, slammed his foot on the ground, maybe thinking, oh, this is dislocated. Maybe I can slam it back in. I don't know what he was thinking. Probably just didn't know what he was doing, honestly. But you could see like a little, it looked like a little pointy. Piece oh, come on, hon. Out <laughs> Just the side of his ankle. We get it. We get I it. I know. I know. It, it, it's, it was <laughs> terrible. He had surgery on Sunday night. Obviously, he is done for the year. The timeline is said to be four to six months. So hopefully, he's a full go for training camp. Just really terrible, really devastating. You could tell all the guys on the field were devastated. 
it was really a blow to the to the Cowboys and to to the sport. I feel like because I think yeah, he's yeah. the biggest like name quarterback to be injured this season, right? To be out for the season at least. So. Yeah, he is, and I don't like the Cowboys, but no. just like the Yankees in baseball or even the Canadians in hockey, the sport is better when the Cowboys are good. The sport yeah. is better when the Raiders are good. You know, there's just a lot of tradition there, and I hate the Raiders. Yeah. Um, but it's disappointing. Prescott has become the the face of the Cowboys. And, yeah. and it, he you say what you want about the Cowboys, but Dak yeah. Prescott really seems like a good kid. He and does. he's had a rough year already. His brother committed suicide earlier this year, and he's spoken out about you know, his own mental health after his brother committed suicide and how it's been difficult. And I don't know who was it on uh, one of the sports networks who criticized him for speaking out about that. Uh, that would be Skip Bayless, which is so stupid. Because he was like, I don't even know. I don't know exactly what he said. Everything so I probably... Skip Bayless says is stupid. And I <laughs> used to live my life as if he doesn't exist. And it's a much more peaceful place. The way that I interpreted whatever I read that he said was that he basically was showing weakness because he spoke out about that. And I might be completely wrong about that. So, you know, it's, no, no, I, I don't know exactly right. what he that, said. But. That is pretty much what he said. But that is crazy. because To me, a real leader is somebody who will speak out about that kind of stuff and, you know, stand up for people who are struggling with their mental health because we all do at some point, you know, in our lives. And to know that somebody who is that you look up to has experienced the same sort of thing that that to me is real leadership. So, yeah, it is. And on those shows that Skip Bayless does, he's a lot of the time just trying to play devil's advocate. And I feel like there are times where they get themselves into, you know, he has a really stupid opinion because he's trying to play devil's advocate. And maybe that's actually how he feels, which makes it even worse. Yeah. But yeah, he picked, he picked a bad platform that day. Yeah. When he, yeah, everybody was just kind of like, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're completely wrong about that one and go climb in a hole somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Go, go jump in a lake, Skip. <laughs> so, uh, moving on from Dak, he is yeah. out for the year. Andy Dalton, the yeah. red rifle. The red he rifle. He is your man now in yeah. Dallas. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, I moved him off of our little IR list onto here. He did not practice Wednesday. He was placed in IR in week three, so he is eligible to return. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like it's going to be another week of Mike Davis. Yeah. does not seem like McCaffrey is ready. Dalvin Cook for the Vikings has a groin issue. He had an MRI. Coach Mike Zimmer said it went pretty well. He did not practice Wednesday. He is not expected to play. And Alexander Madison is your new guy for the Vikings, at yeah, least for one I- week. I thought that was funny to hear Mike Zimmer say it went pretty well. How can an MRI go pretty well? Either it went well or you have an issue. And clearly he's got some sort of issue here that he, that they're not going to have him play through. It is important to note that they have a week seven bye, I think. So they're probably just, because Alexander Madison was fine when he came into the game. He played well. So maybe they're just being cautious with Dalvin Cook since he is so prone to injuries. Yeah. They kind of seem like the same guy, but yeah. Yeah, they really do. I really, they do. And this, I mean, they even have like the same hair sort of, right? Because I believe so. 
whenever Dalvin Cook, he came out of the locker room and was back on the sideline. I thought he was going to go back in, and I thought he was back in, and then realized that it was Madison. So they yeah. they do. They run like the same guy. Their hair looks the same. So I think they're just being cautious with Dalvin Cook. Right. Moving on. <laughs> the Steelers portion, it looks like. Deontay Johnson, as we already talked about, um, it's questionable with a back injury. He has been limited in practice so far, and he did not practice on Wednesday. Still some time, obviously, this week to get ready for Sunday, but I think he's probably truly questionable. Eric Ebron also popped up on the injury report with a hand injury. He did not practice on Wednesday, so keep an eye on that. Antonio Gibson also popped up on the injury report. I don't know if you saw that yet. I added that right before we started recording. He has a toe injury. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> but he was limited in practice on Wednesday, so I think that's a good sign. And then, as we said, too, already, Keenan Allen, the wide receiver for the Chargers, has a back injury. Anthony Lynn said that he was dealing with back spasms in week five uh, on Monday night, so he should be fine. The Chargers have a week six bye, so come week seven, I would expect that he's going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, no matter if Deontay Johnson plays or not, he's not going to be in my starting lineup. Just, <laughs> just throwing that out there. Uh, Jarvis Landry is the next guy on our list. Did not practice on Wednesday. Sammy Watkins for the Chiefs has a hamstring issue. He is expected to miss a couple of weeks. So you, if you have him and you need to play a Chiefs receiver, you've got Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman. Those would be your two guys to toss in there. For the Bengals, A.J. Green, he has a hamstring issue. He is questionable. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. D.J. Chark for the Jaguars, he has an ankle injury. He is questionable for week six after leaving Jacksonville's game in the fourth quarter. Did not practice on Wednesday. And a couple of Buffalo Bills here. John Brown, the receiver, he is questionable with a calf issue. Did not play in week five. Zach Moss also did not play in week five, but he is expected back in week six. He has a toe injury, but he is still questionable. Mm -hmm. And then Sam Darnold, a couple quarterbacks here. Sam Darnold, quarterback for the New York Jets, has an AC joint sprain. He has already been ruled out for week six. Not that you would have been starting him anyway, but, you know, he's not playing. Kyle Allen, quarterback for Washington, has an arm injury. He has been medically cleared to play in week six, so I'm assuming that means he'll be the starter. Mm -hmm. Julio Jones, wide receiver for Atlanta, um, has a hamstring injury. He is questionable. He did not play in week five, and he did not practice on Wednesday, which was yesterday, in practice. So I don't think it, the outlook is good for week six, but if he could practice any at all, you know, that would... Be encouraging. Chris Godwin, the wide receiver for Tampa Bay, has a pulled hamstring. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. I didn't realize that. That's good news. And yeah, then... he might be coming back. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll find out. I need him. <laughs> yeah, especially if the Falcons continue to be fucked by COVID. Right. Um, then the running backs for Tampa Bay, Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy, Fournette was active on week five, which was kind of a surprise to me, but they said it was only for an emergency situation. He did not take any snaps, um, but he was limited in practice this week. And then there's been no update on LaShawn McCoy that we could find. So I don't know what's going on with him, but he has a 
what's his injury? Oh, a sprained ankle. Yeah, and luckily for us, he's not really a viable fantasy starter. Yeah. A couple of Eagles receivers, Deshaun Jackson, hamstring issue. He is questionable. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. Alshon Jeffrey, we're still waiting to see if he's going to play at all this season. (laughs) Missed week five with a non-COVID illness, and he was limited in practice on Wednesday as well. Michael Thomas for your New Orleans Saints. High ankle sprain held out of week five because he punched a teammate during practice, I believe, is is what I read. That's what I read. And I and, read he was like talking back to Sean Payton and stuff. So, Oh, well, that didn't work out for him. Uh-huh. I clearly. read an article that kind of made me like, I don't know. I It said he was having some erratic behavior. Like he was, he snapped at the one of the trainers for not wrapping his ankle properly and then accused somebody of like going through his mail or something. I don't know if any of that's true, but. Huh. I, I like, don't know either. Maybe he's super yeah. frustrated not being out on the field. I, I'm not yeah. sure. But Saints have a bye in week six, so he will very likely play in week seven. Yeah. Devontae Adams for the Packers with the hamstring issue. He's practicing, likely to play. And then the final three guys on our injury report are all on the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. Drew Locke. Future Hall of Famer Drew Locke, quarterback, shoulder injury. He practiced <laughs> in full on Wednesday. I'm really hoping that he comes back. Noah Fant, tight end. He's week to week. They're saying he probably won't play against the Patriots, but he is questionable. And then Philip Lindsay, toe sprain. He does not have an injury designation any longer. He will play in week six. And then he probably is going to have an important role coming up, as we talked about with Melvin Gordon getting in a little trouble with the law. Mm -hmm. So if you're a Bronco fan out there, hopefully at least by week seven, you'll have all three of those guys back. Yeah. And uh, man, I hope they beat the Patriots. (laughs) (laughs) What can I say that... I guess Cam Newton's probably going to be back as well. So Probably, yeah. Uh, one last one, though, that we missed here. Devontae Adams, the wide receiver for Green Bay, has a hamstring injury. He is practicing and likely to play. So lucky for all you Devontae Adams coaches out there. He, you'll get him back this week, hopefully. We wanted to take a quick break to tell you about an app that we found. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. For NFL games, choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Now, the great news is we have a promo code to share with our listeners. You can use promo code BTBW50 when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy from the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Again, use promo code BTBW50. Moving on to our good and bad matchups for week six. The fun part. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My, do you want to go first or you want me to? Go for it. Okay. My first good matchup this week is Miles Gaskin versus the New York Jets. Now, before I get into this, I'm going to say there has been some speculation that the 
newly released Le'Veon Bell could end up in Miami. I think the things I saw this morning are Miami, Kansas City, or Buffalo are likely landing. I am down on my knees praying that it is not Kansas City because then Clyde Edwards Elaire is just not going to be nearly as valuable as he is right now. I think Miami and Buffalo make sense for landing spots for him. But even if he does end up going to Miami, I still think he won't have that much of an impact this week. Miles Gaskin is startable versus the Jets. He really surprised me last week with 20 points against San Francisco, as I already said, which, I mean, we know I picked him as a bad matchup last week. The Dolphins somehow stomped the 49ers, so the game script helped him a lot. Like, that that actually was probably the upset of the week just because of how bad they got beat. But Jordan Howard was also a healthy scratch just before that game started, which I didn't realize was going to be the case because Howard had been getting the touchdowns for the most part in the first few weeks. Uh, With Howard out, Gaskin got his first score of the season. This week, Miles faces the Jets, who are pretty pitiful. They're giving up the fifth most fantasy points per game to running backs this season. They have allowed eight touchdowns to the position. They've given up double-digit points to at least nine different running backs over the first five games, and I think Gaskin this week is not just a good flex play, but I think he could provide solid RB2 numbers for sure against this Jets defense. That's pretty sad. Yeah, the Jets are just a real... A real trip right now, to say the least. <laughs> really, the Dolphins in general against the Jets are a good play. Yeah. Hopefully Gaskin gets a lot of second half carries. Hopefully they're in the lead. Yeah. But yeah, a very, very solid play there. My first start of the week is Jamison Crowder, the receiver for the Jets. And they are playing the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. So far, it hasn't mattered if the QB has been Sam Darnold or Joe Flacco or that the Jets in general are just a mess of the highest order. Mm-hmm. Crowder has produced when he's been on the field. He has eclipsed 100 yards receiving in each of the three games he has played in. His fantasy totals have been 26.5, 19.4, and 27.6 in PPR. Wow. He's done it against defenses like Buffalo and the defenses like Arizona. So this week he has the Dolphins, who just played well against the 49ers. But most of the time, fantasy really hasn't made a lot of sense when it comes to matchups mm-hmm. so far this season. I think Crowder is a must-start until things start going the opposite direction, no, no matter the opponent, even though his quarterback this week is going to be Joe Flacco. <laughs> Crowder is a guy you have to get in there. And just as a bit of a theme... With my four guys that I'm going to highlight this week, I'm going to go with more trends than than matchups. Okay. So I just, Crowder is hot right now, and yeah. I think you have to play him. I think you're right 100% about that. As far as the Dolphins playing well against the 49ers, they were playing against a hobbled Jimmy Garoppolo and um, what's that other guy's name? Beat Hard. That's not how you say it, but I know <laughs> that's how it looks. DJ <laughs> Bethard. Bethard. It's it, it's it's Bethard. I know that mainly because uh he went to Iowa and I like Big Ten college football, but that is that's that's a different story altogether. That's how it looks when you just look at it though. Um but anyway, yeah, that's who they were playing against. Jimmy Garoppolo clearly wasn't healthy. 
And um <laughs> oh, old old man beat hard. <laughs> um but Jamison Crowder is really the only good thing about the New York Jets right now and I think you can depend on him regardless of who the quarterback is. Definitely a good option. I think you're right about that. My next good matchup, moving on from beat hard, <laughs> <laughs> is TJ Hawkinson, tight end for the Lions. They're playing at Jacksonville. The Lions are coming off their bye week this week, so they should be nice and rested to play against Jacksonville, who gives up 11.8 half PPR points on average per game to the tight end position. Hawkinson has gotten at least 53 yards in three out of four games, and he has two touchdowns on the year. Jacksonville has given up four touchdowns to the position so far this season. If you're like me, you've got a tight end problem, or you've got Darren Waller or Hunter Henry on a bye. Hopefully you've got TJ Hawkinson stashed on your bench because he is a very solid option, I think, in week six. Yeah, I, I think the Lions in general... Uh, kind of like the previous game that we were talking about, the Lions in general at Jacksonville, uh, has some sneaky potential to be a fun game. Mm-hmm. Maybe, it, you know, 31-27, something like that, which means it'll probably be like 9-6. to six, But yeah. <laughs> I hope uh, not. I, I'm I hoping for... I'm hoping for a fun game because I've got Galladay. Galladay. Why am I so squeaky today? I've got Galladay and I ended up having to pick up Matthew Stafford because I couldn't get Tannehill. And somebody else picked up Fitzpatrick, which I didn't try to pick up. But so I've got Matthew Stafford and I've yeah. got Kenny Galladay. So hopefully. Yeah. Strong play. Yeah. So my second good matchup is Miles Sanders, the running back for the Eagles, and they are playing the Ravens. I think Yahoo would make you believe that this is a bad matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baltimore has allowed the sixth fewest fantasy points at RBs and is fifth in r- rushing yards allowed per game. However, <laughs> I think the Ravens being ranked that high as a byproduct really of just how poor defenses have been this season in general. Yeah. Here's what the th- number one RBs did against Baltimore. So you have Clyde, who got 18.4. You have Antonio Gibson, 22.8. And then this past week, Joe Mixon, 15.4. Those are quality scores that you would take every time. I mean, mm-hmm. your number one guy, you're, maybe you're hoping for a little bit more than 15.4, but yeah. that's still a, a solid outing. The Ravens have allowed the sixth most receptions to RBs this season. So Sanders should be okay in the receiving game. And you would think the Eagles are going to be behind at least at some point. So he should be okay there. Mm-hmm. I think you have to keep Sanders in your lineup if you have him. You can't overthink it just because the lineup is red. Yeah. on your Yahoo screen and it's not green or yellow. Uh, I think he's going to have a great game. Yeah, I think you're right. I, like you said, Yahoo and wherever you play fantasy would lead you to believe that this is not a good matchup, but I think he'll be fine. Miles Sanders, the matchup last week was not good either. Like we talked about, but he finished with two touchdowns and I don't know how many yards now granted one of the, Touchdown runs was 74 yards, so that was a big chunk of his points. Yeah. But still, I think Pittsburgh is a tougher matchup than Baltimore, and he still had a great game. I think that'll still be the case this week. He's very involved in the passing game, like you said, so I definitely think you're keeping in your in your lineup if you've got him. My 
Where are we at now? Bad matchups. My first bad matchup is Darius Slayton versus Washington. He is the receiver for the New York Giants. Slayton is coming off a great game against Dallas where he led the Giants in targets, receptions, and yards. However, Dallas is one of the easiest matchups in football for wide receivers. And with Washington, it is a little different story. The football team gives up the third fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers. They have not allowed a 100-yard receiver yet this season and have only given up two touchdowns to the position. So I said in week four, I was—I don't know who I was talking to, one of my friends there playing Cleveland, and I said Dallas could make any team look like a Super Bowl winning team because the defense is so bad. If you can make Baker Mayfield look good, that's pretty bad. <laughs> right. I am not a Baker Mayfield fan. I do not think he's good. But the Giants still did not even look like a Super Bowl winning team. They look better than they have all year. But... I think this matchup against Washington is going to be really hard um, for the Giants. The only saving grace might be if New York gets down and has to throw, but I don't know that that'll be the case. It may with Daniel Jones <laughs> with his love for turning the ball over. But I'd stay away from Slayton this week if you can. He could very well have a great game, but I still don't trust the Giants' offense just because they looked slightly better against a really bad defense last week. Yeah, I, you're talking about trust. I mean, I don't trust the Giants necessarily <laughs> at all. Um, I think this game has the opportunity to be the ugliest game of the week. Yeah. Looking for a 16 to, to 10 type game, perhaps. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone on the Giants necessarily is a good play. My guy, Danny Dimes, is really not developed <laughs> like I thought he might. Obviously, they're without Saquon. Yeah, which is a huge blow. Yeah, and they're in trouble in a lot of areas. But I really did think Danny Dimes would be a lot better. Speaking of people I thought would be a lot better, <laughs> my my first sit is Matt Ryan for, oh, yeah. the, uh, the, for the Falcons, a team that I thought had playoff potential. Clearly, that was incorrect. Yeah, They are sitting at 0-5. The Vikings are a great matchup for the Falcons, and I expect Todd Gurley and Calvin Ridley to have big games. As we mentioned earlier, I guess there is an oppor- or a chance that this game is not played. Yeah. As for Ryan, he simply hasn't been the same without Julio Jones in the lineup. He hasn't topped 12.5 fantasy points since week two, and he hasn't thrown a touchdown in the last two games. What's worse is that he's missing open receivers, especially in the Green Bay game. He had a couple of chances to you know, keep drives going and that and did not do it. Yeah. So pretty much no matter the matchup, his play is trending downward. And with Julio very likely out again, Mm -hmm. I don't expect much of a fantasy game from Ryan, no matter the matchup. You know, maybe he gets a couple of touchdowns late and kind of salvages a week. But Mm -hmm. if on your team, if you have a solid quarterback option, I would go the other direction. Yeah, I agree with you. This the Falcons are just struggling and just a damn mess. Yeah. And without Julio, I mean it's amazing what one player being out can do to a team. But I think if Julio was back, you could maybe start him. But if not, I definitely wouldn't. And even if he is back, it's still a questionable start to me. 
You know, if he gets 12 completions and they're all to Calvin Ridley for about 195 yards, <laughs> uh, I would gladly take that because that's what I need at this point. But if you have a better quarterback option on your team, I would not go back to Ryan again for yeah. this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, my next bad matchup are, they. I say are because it's multiple, the Rams running backs at San Francisco. So the 49ers were a mess last week. We already talked about that. Like I said earlier, they gave up 20 points to Miles Gaskin in a blowout win. Generally, they are much tougher than that, and this Rams backfield is a mess. Sure, Henderson had a great week last week, but Cam Akers got nine carries, Malcolm Brown got eight carries, and Henderson had 15. So that's more of a split than I want to see in my running backs. Not only are the Rams running backs sharing time like that, the 49ers are giving up the second fewest fantasy points per game to the position. Before last week, they hadn't given up more than 63 yards on the ground. I think the 49ers defense will bounce back this week, and I don't know that any of the Rams running, Rams running backs are startable. Henderson is the only one I'd consider starting, but even he should be avoided, in my opinion, if possible. Yeah, the only way that, that that is saved is if you're if you're talking about Henderson, if he gets 15 carries and maybe gets a couple of touchdowns, which is possible if they go more toward one RB, if they have yeah. like a, a hot hand type situation. But if it's like last week and everyone is around eight carries to 12 carries, it's it's tough to start any of those guys and expect too much. Yeah. So our good and bad matchups so far, before I get to my final bad matchup, guys that we would start, Miles Gaskin, TJ Hawkinson, Jamison Crowder, and Miles Sanders. Sit, Matt Ryan, Darius Slayton, anybody in the backfield for the Rams. And my final one is Baker Mayfield, the guy who you've already <laughs> said on this podcast that you don't like. Uh, the Browns are playing uh, the Steelers this week. If you were thinking with the Browns being 4-1 and one, that Mayfield must be thriving, you would be mistaken. Yep. No more than 15.58 fantasy points have gone his way this season. The team is better off, honestly, when he just stays out of the way and they run the ball. Uh-huh. <laughs> Opposing QBs have averaged fewer than 14 fantasy points per game at Heinz Field over the past couple seasons. So he's playing in a, a, a stadium that is typically a house of horrors for opposing quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. On top of it all, Mayfield, uh, he, he got some x-rays after last Sunday's game. They've talked about the fact that he might be hurt. We'll see. He said yeah. it's not going to bother him, but he clearly he said had it's a, fine, yeah. Yeah, he, he had a rib issue, though, and I thought it was pretty obvious in the second half of that Browns and, and Colts game. So he might be playing through a bit of pain. I mean, already only the desperate are starting Baker Mayfield. and. Yeah. If you're not desperate, then that means you're in a two-quarterback league if you're starting him. But I would implore you not to do it. He is somebody that, at least at this point, even if the Browns go 5-1, and one, is very likely just not a startable option in fantasy. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Even I mean, if you can't start Baker Mayfield, when he played Dallas, they scored 49 points, but he only got like 14 fantasy points. So yeah. if you can't start him in that game, you definitely can't start him in a game against Pittsburgh. Right. All right. So a couple more quick suggestions here to for starting and sitting. 
I'll start with the starts. We like Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Jets this week. I don't know if I know how to say this name, but I'm going to give it a go here. LaVisca Chenault Jr. That is that is correct. He went to see you. Versus, he's playing Detroit. We like Chase Edmonds at Dallas. I for sure like this matchup. Marquise Brown at Philadelphia. I I suggested this one, and you it seems like you have some reservations about this one. So I do. Darius Slay is in concussion protocol, so maybe he won't play, which would make Marquise Brown a good matchup. I just it's based on this week or this past week with Juju Slay kind of took him out of it, and I think that he could very well do the same thing to to Hollywood. We'll see, but yeah. he's one of the few corners right now that you kind of have to think about when, when you're looking at your matchups. Yep, that's fair. So definitely something to monitor with Darius Slay's um, status in, in the concussion protocol. Uh, the last one is Robert Tonian at Tampa Bay. You put that on here. Yeah, and <laughs> tight end is just kind of a wasteland right now. And I guess it typically is in most fantasy seasons, at least over the last couple of years, if you don't have one of the premier guys. It's not a great matchup against Tampa Bay and Devontae Adams could be back. If you read anything on the internet right now from any expert or so-called expert about Tanyan, it is some people think that he's not going to be a big factor in the offense once Adams comes back. And then there are other people that are like, oh no, he's still going to be a factor. He's still going to be great. No one has any idea if Tanyan is going to continue to be a tight end one like he was the last time that they played or if he's going to, you know, sort of go the way that a lot of Green Bay tight ends have gone in recent years, which is being a non-factor yeah. in, in fantasy. So I think that he seems to be too talented, and Green Bay is a better offense when they get their tight end involved. And yeah. if they're going to run the ball this much and kind of play the style of offense that Matt LaFleur wants to play, you would think a tight end would be a, a bigger factor in general. Yeah. So I think he's still a good play. And we will we will wait and see. Like I said, the fantasy world is divided. Yeah. Um, as for guys that we want to sit, we have Teddy Bridgewater against the Bears, Rob Gronkowski against the Packers, Tyler Higby, who has just completely fallen off the fantasy map. Uh, the Rams are playing the 49ers. Jarek McKinnon against the Rams. He has taken a backseat with Raheem Mostert back in the starting lineup. He's not really a guy that is startable anymore. And then whatever Denver RB you choose (laughs) to play or that is available to play, um, they are going to New England against the famous Bill Belichick and his no fun to play against mentality. Yeah. Uh, I just don't trust anybody when they play the Patriots. And it, you know, who knows? Seattle had a great game against them, but I just don't trust any offense that is scuffling a bit when they go against Belichick. Right. No, you're right. And the matchup against New England for the running backs for sure is hard. But if Philip or not Philip Lindsay, he's not the one who got a DUI. If Melvin Gordon misses (laughs) the game, Philip Lindsay will at least get more volume. So. If you need to start him, you'll get some production out of him. It's not going to be 25 points, but he could be an option yeah. for you. I think Bethany has Lindsay in our league, and she is desperate for an RB2 right now. 
So that's probably her best option that she's got this week. I think he'll get you more than like five points is what I'll say. <laughs> At least he should. At least Hopefully, he should. Yeah. Um, you would think that any RB can get lucky and get a touchdown. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it really in any matchup. And that's what you have to pray for. Yeah. But still not one to look forward to if you're a fantasy owner. Yeah. Two segments to go on the pod. And our second to last segment is our game of the week, which yeah. is the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. We talked about Baker Mayfield and yeah. some of our Steelers guys already. What are some extra thoughts that you have on this one? Four and uh, one at four and oh. Yeah. That's I'm really shocked that the Browns are four and one, to be quite honest. Um, let's just well look at some stats first. Both these offenses have been pretty high scoring this season, with the exception of week one for Cleveland, where they only scored six points. Since then, they've scored both among both offenses, they have scored 26 points or more in every game. As far as the defense goes, I think. Pittsburgh's defense is better. They are in the top 10 in fantasy points per game allowed to quarterbacks, running backs, and tight ends. Where they are weaker is against wide receivers, giving up an average of 30 half PPR points per game to the position over four games. Cleveland also has been playing poorly against wide receivers, giving up the second most fantasy points per game to the position. They've given up 12 points or more to nine different guys, and eight touchdowns to the position. They've given up four multi-touchdown games out of five to quarterbacks, and the only quarterback who did not have a multi-touchdown game is Phillip Rivers because he sucks. <laughs> because he's over the hill. <laughs> Any chance that we get to talk bad about Phillip Rivers, we are going to do it. Uh, the Browns have only given up more than 100 rushing yards total, not just to running backs, in two out of five games. As far as the tight end position goes, Cleveland has given up four touchdowns to tight ends in five games and the six most fantasy points per game. So I think this came, this came, this game could really go either way. It could be high scoring with a lot of points in the air, but it could also be a defensive battle that they don't score that many points. Um, both teams will probably have a little more trouble running the ball, but luckily the running backs on both teams can catch passes. So I'm still starting James Conner and Kareem Hunt. I think both teams will try to get the passing game going early. I'd be starting all the receivers. Odell, I start Jarvis Landry if he plays. Juju, Deontay Johnson, if he plays. If not, I might even spot start Chase Claypool. You're smiling at me. I think you're probably going to disagree. <laughs> uh, I'm not starting Austin Hooper or Baker Mayfield, but Eric Ebron could be worth the risk if you're desperate at tight end like I am. So with all that said, it was a lot. I think Pittsburgh is going to win this one. I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are now that you uh, were giving me that look. <laughs> So I don't feel that it will necessarily be, as you said, like it could be that classic AFC North kind of game where it's, you know, it's fall now. It's a little chilly in Pittsburgh, maybe like a 17 to 14 type game. I think it mm -hmm. will be uh, a little bit more high scoring. I think Odell and Kareem Hunt are no brainer starts for the Browns. I would kind of stay away from Landry personally just because of the injury. 
yeah. risk. I am really tired of starting guys that are getting hurt in the middle <laughs> of the game and only getting me one fucking fantasy point. And it's really <laughs> starting to drive me insane. If my lineup could just stay healthy for any game, that would really help. Yeah. Pittsburgh has allowed a ton of yards, but the defense is still highly regarded. That's just sort of football so far this season in 2020. Yeah. Cleveland has been stout against the run, but like you mentioned, I would still start James Conner. Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson is just somebody I don't personally trust right now, but yeah. obviously huge upside if you wanted to play him. Which is fair. I would fire up Big Ben, uh, potentially, especially if Johnson is out. I think Claypool is somebody that you have to start at this point if you just picked him up. If if you have Deontay Johnson and you were able to pick up Claypool, maybe a flex for Claypool, depending on your receiver situation. Mm-hmm. There's There's only upside, really. Yeah. At this point, to be honest, I think it'll come down if it is a, a shootout, which I think it could be. I think it'll come down to whether or not Baker Mayfield can make a play late well, in the game. <laughs> and I'm willing to bet that he cannot. Yeah. Me so too. I'm going to take the Steelers to remain undefeated and go five and zero. As for the Browns, though, if you're looking back at their recent history, a lot of losing in that. I forget what year it was that they made the playoffs. I want to say early 2000s. But this has to be the biggest game for the Cleveland Browns in, what, 15 years? Yeah. I mean, they're actually 4-1, and which I don't know the last time they were 4-1, but it's been a long time. Oh, yeah. And if they beat the Steelers, they would beat their rival on the road to take over at least a share of first place in their division and they'd be five and one on the way to a playoff. I mean, there's a long way to go. There have been teams like the Broncos have started six and zero, and then gone eight and eight. So things can happen. But if the Browns are, if they can go five and one, that would be huge, but Mm -hmm. massive game for the Browns. Yeah, I mean, it's still a big game for the Steelers. Every divisional game is a big game, but they have big games every year. So it's just more yeah. of the norm. But I'm going to take the Steelers. Yeah, I just trust Big Ben to, uh, like you said, make a play at the end of the game more than I do Baker Mayfield. So I definitely think the uh, hot streak of the Browns is going to come to an end or at least cool off a bit this week. One thing about the Browns, though, I think Kevin Stefanski has actually been pretty good so far. And Mm -hmm. you don't have like that thing in your back pocket when you think about the Browns of, yeah, maybe they have potential, but their coach is named Freddie. Their their coach is named Freddie Kitchens, and he sucks. Like, that's not something they have anymore. (laughs) Stefanski seems like he knows what he's doing. They haven't been... I know that Mayfield has some turnovers, but they haven't been routinely shooting themselves in the foot. They were terrible week one. And since then, they've been a a pretty good team. Yeah. And they've only looked better and better. I think the Colts are a strong team. I know that that Phillip Rivers is not our favorite, and I do think he's washed up. But I think they have a strong defense. Not really maybe a strong passing game, but they do have a strong running game and Cleveland really, really controlled that game. Mm -hmm. So I think there's potential for this to actually be a pretty strong matchup, but I, I would still take Pittsburgh. Yeah, for sure. 
All right. Our last thing to go over is our starting lineups for week six. I feel like mine is pretty set, except for the tight end position. With my quarterback, I dropped Teddy Bridgewater because he's not really worth holding on to, especially not this week against Chicago, like we said. Matthew Stafford is now my uh, starting quarterback for week six. I tried to pick up Tannehill, was not able to. I was like nine on the waiver wire. So, of course, after him scoring 30 points, somebody else is going to pick him up with bye week starting and stuff. Mm-hmm. My wide receivers, of course, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, and my running backs, Clyde Edwards Elaire, Todd Gurley is in my RB2 spot still. In my tight end spot, I have Hayden Hurst, but this is probably going to change. I'm not sure. He's got a questionable tag listed here, but nothing reported of why he is questionable. I think I saw maybe it was a back injury. If he's injured, for sure, he's getting dropped, but we'll see what happens. In my flex, I have A.J. Brown against Houston and then my kicker still is Joey Sly and I have picked up Washington's defense against the Giants to play this week on my bench see I have so many good options to put in my flex I don't know what to do I don't know how I could not play AJ Brown but I also have Miles Gaskin against the Jets I have Hollywood Brown at Philadelphia I've got Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds at Dallas which is a great matchup And then I've got Cam Akers, who I'm not going to play, against San Francisco. Jared Cook on a bye week, and then Dallas Goddard on my IR, newly added. So, Well, just look at all the options you have now. I know. How the tables have turned. What should I do? (laughs) I don't know. Somebody out there, let me know what you think. I need help. You guys are always asking asking us for start-sick questions, and now I I don't think I could bench A.J. Brown. Like, you can't do that. But... I don't know. I don't know what to do. Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds have a great matchup. Miles Gaskin has a great matchup. Do you go with the running back with a good matchup, or do you go with the wide receiver who is the clear number one guy on a good team with Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys on the COVID-19 list? What do you do? What's a girl to do? Well, I think you need to write the Cardinals and have them change Chase Edmonds (laughs) to a tight end. And then if you can plug him into your tight end spot, Then you've really got something going. That would be amazing if we could do that. You think they would do that for me? (laughs) Anything is possible. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Just call up Cliff Kingsbury and see what he thinks about it. You know, you can just have a tight end in the backfield, call him a tight end, you know? Why not? But no, I I think I think you've got your lineup right where it needs to be. You can't you can't sit AJ Brown. Right. And then Galladay has an awesome matchup. And Clyde Robinson. is a must play with the yeah. way that the the Chiefs can do. I think you I think you're doing the best you can there. Is is Gaskin better than Gurley? I don't think so. But no, I I don't think so either. Not no. at this point. But as we mentioned with uh, the Falcons, maybe that uh Maybe the Falcons game will get postponed and that decision will be made for you. Oh, that is true. That is we true. Will, I forgot that out. I, yeah, I need to keep an eye on Todd Gurley. I forgot I that he played for the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Calvin Ridley, my top receiver, 
my starting lineup, I'll go through it real quick. Lamar Jackson set in stone. Hopefully he does better. Calvin Ridley, I've got Chris Godwin in there. And then Tyler Boyd in my flex. Obviously, Godwin is an injury risk at this moment. So hopefully he plays and is healthy. And Ridley is a risk of the Falcons game not being played. On my bench for possible fillers, I have Deontay Johnson. And I picked up Debo Samuel, who hasn't done much yet. But there's a lot of potential there. So I snagged him. In the RB spots, I have Derrick Henry and Antonio Gibson. I have Justin Jackson and Chris Carson both on a bye. So I have Gibson in there because of that. I'm thinking against the Giants, that could be a a fairly good matchup. And tight end, Mark Andrews with Dalton Schultz on the bench. Kickers and Gonzalez, who hasn't been doing much recently. Maybe I need to pick up a new kicker, but that's not really something that I really worry about too much. And I ditched both of the defenses that I had. Don't worry. I only have one defense (laughs) now and I'm fully in the streaming game when it comes to defenses. Yeah, I picked up Miami against the New York Jets. Great matchup. We'll see what happens. (laughs) I didn't see that uh, you um, picked up Debo Samuel there. You could always play if you have to. You could always play Dalton Schultz in that flex spot if you think he's going to have a good game against Arizona. I I don't trust him enough at this point to play him in the flex spot. Yeah. He's sort of boomer bust. But Tyler Boyd is in there, and even in a bad matchup against the Colts, currently I trust him more than Deontay Johnson, and Debo just hasn't done much. And you don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be yeah. for the 49ers with the way they played against Miami. For sure. So uh, at this moment, I'm projected to win 133 to 128, which of course means nothing. And uh, I'm fired up. I need a win. I need what to get back you, to 500. What are you going to do, though, if Chris Godwin doesn't play? Well, if Godwin doesn't play, then I would plug in Boyd in the receiver spot, and I would either have to play Deontay Johnson or Debo. Or, or try to find somebody else, but you don't really have anybody you can drop. No, there's nobody that I can drop. I would just have to drop Debo Samuel since I just picked him up. Or I would drop Schultz. And I would be in the market for a tight end next week with Mark Andrews on the week seven bye. So those are, you know, and if Ridley and Godwin are both out, then I have to play Debo and Deontay Johnson. So just hold on to your hat there. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) But I'm hoping that does not happen. Derrick Henry, at least, plugged in this week, yeah, and I'm I'm sure. hoping he runs for like five thousand yards. So uh, yeah, yeah, he's got a great matchup against Houston this week, and he's amazing. Did you see? And I reposted this on our Instagram account how he just one-handed threw Josh Norman across the field, basically. Yeah, that play was awesome. And <laughs> uh, speaking. Uh, some guys that we talked about earlier. Uh, my matchup this week, as I said, projected to win by five. However, he has Devontae Adams in there, who should be back from injury. Kareem Hunt, who we talked about. He's starting Daryl Henderson, who we talked about. Noah Fant, who I don't believe is going to be back. Um, so he'll have to plug in Rob Gronkowski at his tight end spot. Mm-hmm. He's got Jonathan Taylor, which is a good matchup. And the New England defense. So I have my work cut out for me. He has Tyreek yeah. Hill as well. But uh, Rogers. 
damn it, I need a win, Kyla. Come on. <laughs> I hope you get one. I, I hope we both get a win. I am projected to win like 128 to 113, which, again, doesn't mean anything. But the team that I am playing has Russell Wilson on a bye, Michael Thomas on a bye. Uh, somebody else was on a bye. Let me pull it back up here real quick. Matchups. Something weird oh. about our league, I'll just throw in there. Tom, Tom doesn't have a bad team. No. I Tom's know. got an I, okay team, and he's 3-2. and two. He is, yeah, which is funny. If you remember, Tom is the team we made fun of so much last year because he performed like my team is performing this year, but he p- picked Patrick Mahomes with the number one overall pick last year. Um, but the team, he's got a pretty good team. He is in trouble, though, because he's got Melvin Gordon and then, um, like I said, Russell Wilson on a bye, Michael Thomas on a bye. He had Nick Chubb, who was on IR. I think Jarek McKinnon, somebody who... needs to tell him to actually put him in the IR slot. I think he could make that choice if he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure he knows that the IR exists. <laughs> I don't know if he does either. Maybe I should tell him. But he's starting Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Jets this week against me, so... But yeah, not a bad team, but also looking at the lineup, yeah, he has Thomas out, Chubb out, Wilson out. He's starting Melvin Gordon, which may or may not happen. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah. You you may get an easy win. He might have to. Well, he picked up Adrian Peterson, so that's probably who he'll plug in Melvin Gordon's spot, I would imagine. But hopefully, hopefully I can get my second win in a row. That would be amazing. I think it I think it could happen now that I'm actually <laughs> looking at his lineup. I think it should happen at least. <laughs> it should. It should, but that doesn't mean it will. Nope. All right. That's gonna do it for this week's show. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. If you want to know who we like for the weekly waiver wire, find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. We post that over there on Tuesdays. You can also ask us your start sick questions for the week uh, on those platforms. Thanks for listening. Good luck in week six. We will see you next Thursday. See you.